Well, hello, marketers. Welcome to the DMN one-on-one podcast. I'm Chris Wood, Associate Editor of DMN, here today with Nalini Edwin, Director of Product Marketing with Chartbeat. Welcome, Nalini. Nice to have you here. Thanks uh, for having me, Chris. Excited to be here. Yeah, and I'm excited about the topic that you mentioned coming in, the future of media analytics. Uh, It seems like a really big topic to unpack. I was wondering if you'd be able to kind of take us to kind of the beginning of Chartbeat and, and what uh, media analytics came out as in in that kind of time period? Sure. Um, Chartbeat is 10 years old. We actually had our um, 10th anniversary this this year, um, and it came out of the Betaworks incubator. Uh, it was first established as a suite of uh, real-time tools. So the flagship kind of feature within our product suite is the real-time dashboard, which allows you to, you know, in real time, see what content is resonating with uh, which uh, segments of your audience, uh, allows you to see who's coming, who's reading, how they got there, um, how much time they're spending with your content, and then you know pairs that with optimization tools that allow you to actually do something about it and take action on the data that you're seeing. The kind of best known uh, fixtures of the Chartbeat suite are, of course, besides the real-time dashboard, a projector mode version called the Big Board, which you'll see as a fixture in kind of leading newsrooms around the world. And uh, in addition to that, there are reporting tools as well, so that you can, you know, monitor. Uh, interesting trends and you know those kinds of subtle patterns that you see in content analytics over time and report on them. We do that at varying levels of uh, complexity from you know these um, kind of simple clear email reports that are automatically generated and contain uh, natural language-based insights that um, you know kind of tell you about trends and patterns you should be paying attention to from the previous day. Um, there's also a way to run more kind of complex queries on your data through another one of our features. So uh, all of that is to say that it's a suite that brings together monitoring through its dashboards, which you know allow you to not just uh, pay attention to how text is working, but also video with uh, these reporting tools, and then our kind of optimization uh, capabilities, which include our heads-up display, which allows you to kind of directly see what your readers see and understand which um, kind of slots and touch points within your homepage you need to make optimization decisions, and a headline testing tool that tests for engagement rather than mere clicks. Well, and that's one distinction hopefully we can kind of get into a little bit, the clicks versus, it almost sounds like uh, like quality, tying content to quality and meaningful connections with readers as opposed to metrics. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that, you know, engagement is the North Star of Chartbeat. Um, we really believe that meaningful connections that your uh, audience is making with your content are the keys to unlocking, you know, loyalty and a way to ensure the long-term success of your content and the brand that it's, you know, uh, that it's underpinning and taking forward. So long-term, yes, but also it seems like the real-time element is is like an extreme short-term of, of seeing things as they change dynamically. From a publishing perspective, I can say that we're looking at things on on a daily scale or weekly, we have an editorial calendar. I don't know how much real time or minute by minute 
we're being informed with our content and how much that must change the game in terms of putting out content. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and think, then to imagine this was like on the scene 10 years ago. I think, you know, it, I think it was completely transformative. I say this as someone who has worked in publishing and was a former Sharpie user sure. before I actually moved, um, you know, over to Sharpie. You know, the idea of an instant feedback loop allows you to, you know, when you're seeing that data and really seeing the ebb and flow of your audience, you know, you're reminded again that what's being measured here is the is is human attention. You know, for me, when I was a user, it reminded me of the need to always keep that in mind, that it wasn't just numbers and about company goals, it was, you know, like looking at the the ebb and flow of how of when you know, we saw traffic spike on site, you know, when there were smaller bumps, you know, you realize that, oh, this is when people actually like relate to, you know, certain sections because they love to read it during their lunch hour, you know, and like you, you, um, it brings in, you know, a, a kind of mutual empathy loop between yourself, your content and your audience. And uh, I think that can be one of the most rewarding things about working with real-time data because you get to see the immediate impact of like little things that you're doing as well as big things that you're doing. It's important to yeah. keep in mind the people that are behind those clicks and in, in that behavior. Completely. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of putting together like those personas and trying to identify an actual person who's who is your reader? Oh, absolutely. A number of our clients have actually used data from Chartbeat to flesh out their audience personas um, and more effectively reach them. And sometimes they find out that the personas um, with whom the content is resonating most is a different persona than they you know, originally had in mind. How do they make that change? Can you describe that a little bit? Uh, what, what the process is? They get this information that really, is there, do you see like resistance at first? <laughs> Denial? Um, well, I think, uh, you know, I I haven't encountered that personally, right. but, you know, I mean, I, I know that uh, internally one of the most, uh, one of the things that we are most uh, asked to help our client partners with is the digital transformation that bringing data, you know, into, into the newsroom, you know, uh, into like the operations of the masthead can, can be, it's like all kinds of transformation. It's, you know, something that needs to be like managed carefully and rolled out, you know, with respect to everyone involved. I think sometimes, you know, the, uh, the question of like what the, what the larger purpose of doing this is, you know, uh, that sometimes can make people wary. And I think we do internally a good job of talking to our clients and helping them understand how much Chartbeat is meant to function as an extension of your editorial intuition rather than, you know, something that's supposed to be like, you know, um, rather than a hamster wheel. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or like a, a complete game changer that although digital transformation is a big transformation, are you talking primarily like from print into digital or digitizing certain operations? I think it's about finding areas where you're hoping to make your digital operations smoother. And the thing about real-time data is because of uh, the instant feedback loop, you're able to understand, for instance, 
oh, that there's actually like a tremendous break in a UX pattern on your homepage and that's why people are dropping off site and not recirculating to other pieces of your content. You know, you're not realizing that a day later and so you're actually able to take action and do something about it. Kind of patching up the holes. Yeah, and um, you know, it, it I think allows people, you know, and we've been like delighted and surprised to find out how much, you know, uh, teams enjoy knowing what moves they need to make, you know, and that they get to operate like a pit crew and not like, you know, have uh, like not wait for stuff to come in that they can actually see things and take action and see the immediate impact of the actions that they're taking. Um, are there any new things that are generally what like a, in the digital transformation publishers aren't doing that need to do? I mean, or is it like always a case by case basis? I mean, it depends on the on the strategy. It depends on the um, the mix of content you're producing. You know, I I do think that the uh, our one of the most beloved chartbeat tools is our headline testing tool because you know it's not only built to test for engagement, it also immediately has an impact on you know the overall health of you know of your of your homepage and and of the content you're featuring on it. And because the particular way in which it's built, when you're testing variants, as you test a variant and you know more folks start to engage with a particular headline variant, it autoplays it to even more people. So you know you're immediately showing people an even more engaging headline, which I think is really it's really wonderful to go into a training where you know clients are seeing the you know that that it does this for the first time and then they say oh my gosh this changes everything we actually have this really wonderful case study with a newspaper out in utah called the deseret news that ended up running an organization-wide contest where like folks across the organization ran different headline variants and they kind of got to see you know everyone from you know editorial course to like human resources is like, you know, uh, contributing headlines and, you know, they're finding out that the headlines that their audience gravitates toward aren't, you know, that kind of like much maligned like structure of like clickbaity uh, headlines. Yeah, you know, like 20 things you'll never notice sure. about this, you know, instead like the, you know, the intern writes a bunch of headlines and then people gravitate toward like the particular way in which that story is framed for them and uh and they actually go on to read the article and engage with it so it kind of goes back a little bit to what you said about loyalty and building trust with a reader right mm -hmm. i mean they don't want to be like surprised or fooled into reading something they want to go to a reliable source that they can continue to get information from and they you know i think they want to feel respected they want to feel that something they've chosen to click on and are considering reading like frames something for them correctly and like kind of leads them into into the piece so you know i think headlines are a way in which like um a given piece of content points at its own structure you know and i i think readers um or viewers of videos you know they they innately know that and you know I think it, again, uh, creates a kind of empathy loop. There are so many brands also that are kind of acting like publishers, right? Content creators. So I was wondering if there, what you make of that kind of in the development of where we have established publishers who are brands, newspapers you mentioned, other new sources of news, and how, how, do, how does like brand content fit into that? 
Um, I think it fits in quite neatly. You know, I mean, I, I see certain things that are where Chartbeat as a product has been headed for quite some time and, you know, like where our suite currently sits. And it has relevance not only for folks who are producing content within, you know, the typical auspices of media and publishing, so, you know, within a newsroom, breaking news, etc., or like filling out, you know, the, like, the website version of what the magazine book has turned into, you know, sure. like your little front of book and, you know, content here, your back of content, you know, featured in like a different treatment and setting. And, you know, for our kind of core customer vertical, as well as for content marketers, the, you know, in 2019, the same things are mattering, you know, multi-channel measurement, but then also multi-channel attribution because everything is being pushed out across all of these different touch points. And then you want to actually see, you want to see what's actually connecting to the, the workings of the, of the business. And then... You know, since I brought up attribution, I think you want to see that in really fine-grained detail so that you can understand, you know, like where you can be spending your time, but also where you might be like oversaturating, you know, a given type of messaging or a given type of CTA. And, you know, like based on the the data set that, you know, all of this all of this measurement across all of your channels and, you know, all of this attribution that is then layered atop that, this is a larger trend, I think, since we're, you know, we've been talking a little bit about like the, the far horizon for sure. content analytics. Like, you know, you based off of that you I think folks increasingly want their analytics to tell them, you know, what step to take next. And, you know, while, like, that's the kind of horizon that, like, a lot of vendors are hoping to figure out right now, and, you know, when we think about that in Chartbeat, we really look at it through the lens of the optimization tools that we, that we have right now, because, you know, those are actions that you've chosen to take, and optimization, especially optimization that functions with, like, this really precise real-time speed, tells you, it, it immediately helps you validate assumptions that you're making or actions that you've taken, you know, um, like you see the impact of it immediately. And so, uh, you know, I think those are all ways in which, you know, you see publishers moving toward behaving this way as well. You know, there was actually a digital piece that I read uh, just this week about how publishers are increasingly, you know, kind of with the structure of their organizations, behaving a bit more like consumer brands. And of course, in one sense, you know, publishers have always been consumer brands, of course. It's the um, same consumers. Right, exactly. And so, you know, um, but they are hiring growth marketers and, you know, um, you see in job boards that, you know, publishers are beginning to hire heads of consumer marketing and then allowing them to build out their own teams. And that was something that, you know, 10 years ago when I was working for, you know, some really big media companies, you didn't see that. It, you know, you didn't see attention being paid to that in the context of digital, really. A, a publisher's relationship with the reader is of high value for a brand. Mm -hmm. So why would they want to give up, give that over to the brand? Well, I think, you know, there's an increasing recognition that there can be, like, that there's, there's common cause. Everyone wants the audience to. Everyone wants the audience to be large, but wants it to be real. Sure. You know, and uh, I think you know, just given we all are 
of course, consumers of published content ourselves. So, you know, we understand this even as we hope to like net, you know, our, our fellow readers and our fellow watchers of videos. Like we, we understand that like our own attention spans are kind of, you know, fleeting and ever-changing as, you know, new devices and new platforms proliferate. And so, you know, we know that it's necessary for us to make some changes in order to grow the audiences we're tasked, you know, with growing in the most sensible and efficient ways. It makes yeah. a lot of sense. You mentioned Omnichannel, just like getting the content out to all channels is important. And that creates a, a, a bigger difficulty for attribution, mm -hmm. right? So, I mean, it, it sounds surprising that we're still chasing after those metrics, but that should give you plenty uh, of challenges. Yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating challenge that you know, our product and engineering and data science and design teams are just always focused on, which is how do you, t you know, content analytics is so tricky because of the sheer number of data points and the sheer number of things the sheer number of stories that you can find in that data, as well as the fact that, you know, trends, even, even very important and significant ones tend to be hidden. You know, the patterns tend to be very subtle because again, we're talking about one of like the most ancient relationships out there, which is like humans, you know, like interaction with language that sits in front of them. And so, you know, I think that taking that unstructured data about content and actually figuring out how to build it into like usable insights, you know, that's kind of always been the, the North Star of Chartbeat along with measuring engagement. And so, you know, we're gonna, that's going to continue to be the vector for the company. And who knows what direction it'll go when, with media continuing to fragment. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's fragmentation, but then also, you know, there's like, I agree with you that, you know, uh, reader attention and viewer attention is, continues to be atomized across channels and platforms. But, you know, what you also see in the industry, you know, especially on the media side is all of this consolidation. And so, you know, that's something that I think is, it's, it's very interesting to see the two, you know, in, uh, in parallel. I mean, just for one lesson that we've learned, like, over the last 10 years probably, is about this whole notion of, like, reader attention span getting shorter and shorter, and yet there are certain versions of content that will keep people, you know, watching, you know, whether it's video or longer, if, if it's worth it or if it's a particular kind of content. Absolutely. We put out some thought leadership last year about, you know, how reader attention on mobile devices, you know, uh, differed significantly from reader, you know, for the first time. By device. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for the first time, mobile reader attention began to, to overtake desktop. And, it, you know, it's, it makes sense if you think about, you know, the way we live our lives now. But, you know, really kind of documenting that at scale across the, you know, the, the billions of people who are reading the content that, you know, our thousands of customers put out is, uh, I think it, it makes it, it makes it real. The data makes it real in a way that, you know, the kind of gut feeling and assumptions need, need to be validated by. They need, with the yeah. data, and sometimes the data is late in coming, I just from the retail side, like I was pretty surprised to see that it was only for the first time this year that on Amazon Prime Day, mobile purchases uh, overtook desktop purchases. Mm -hmm even though the iPhone was, is 12 years old. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's also that like, 
companies have gone from thinking about mobile as the afterthought to you know understanding that this is this is where it's it's the portal right <laughs> you know like it's where folks spend their time so you need to actually move to where folks are spending their time and tying like payments into mobile now finally is getting adopted and everything it's like we're finally now living in the future this year as opposed to like maybe right. five years ago when we thought it was going to happen yeah. at least from my perspective <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's it's like several different kinds of catch-up you know like we're Everyone's on their toboggan, everyone's racing down the hill, you know, and the hill is bigger than we always thought, and the toboggan moves slower than you thought. <laughs> but we're staying on the toboggan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it'll be, get, it'll be great to catch up again at some point, and Lee, this is a great conversation. Thanks yeah, so much for joining us. Thanks, yeah. for, thanks for having me, Chris. Absolutely, and uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, please check us out at dmnews.com uh, for your latest data, strategy, and technology. Thanks again.